as we know, this country was built on the black backs of black people across this country. And if we don't have it, you ain't gonna have it either, cause we gonna tear it up. That's what they saying. And people ought to understand that. I, I don't see why they don't understand that. They know what they've done to us. All across this country, they know what they've done to us. This country is desperately sick. And man is on the critical list. I really don't know where we go from here. This podcast has been brought to you by a four-eyed production. And now, let's start the show. I got something I want to do right quick. This is important. I'm going to just go for it. Lamar Alexander of Tennessee, John Barrasso, please forgive me because it's going to take a minute, Wyoming, Roy Blunt, Missouri, Mm -hmm. John Boozman of Arkansas, Richard Burr of North Carolina, Shelley Moore Capito of West Virginia, Bill Cassidy of Louisiana, Susan Collins um, of Maine, Bob Corker of Tennessee, John Corin, Cornyan, (laughs) Cornyan. John Cornyan of Texas, Tom Cotton of Arkansas, Mike, I don't know if you pronounce it, Crapo or Crapo, uh, I'm, I would like to go with the latter, of Idaho, Ted Cruz of Texas, Michael N- B. Enzi of Wyoming, Joni Ernest, Iowa, um, Deb Fisher of Nebraska, Jeff Flake of Arizona, Corey Gardner of Colorado, Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, Chuck, I I feel like you know where I'm going with this, Chuck Grassley of um, Iowa, Oren G. Hatch of Utah, Dean Heller of Nevada, John Hoven of North Dakota, Cindy Hyde-Smith of Mississippi, James Einhoff of Oklahoma, um, Johnny Isaacson of Georgia, Ron Johnson of what is WI? Why can't I think of any of the states tonight? Wisconsin, John Kennedy of Louisiana, John Kyle of Arizona, James Lankford of Oklahoma, Mike Lee of Utah, Joe Manchin the third of West Virginia. Mitch McConnell of Kentucky, Jerry Morgan of Kansas, Rand Paul, I hadn't heard that name in a while, of Kentucky, David Perdue of Georgia, Rob Portman of Ohio, James Reich of Idaho, Pat Roberts of Kansas, Mike Rounds of South Dakota, Marco Rubio of Florida, Ben Sass of Nebraska, Tim Scott of South Carolina, Richard Shelby of Alabama, Dan Sullivan of Arkansas, John Thune of South Dakota, Tom Tillis, who you don't trust, (laughs) just based off of his name, of North Carolina, Patrick Toomey of Pennsylvania, Roger F. Wicker of Mississippi, and Todd Young of Indiana. Ask me what they have in common. These are the senators (laughs) that voted to confirm Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. If you did not hear them or were not listening when I was calling them out, rewind, find the ones in your state, 
and get them out of here. How many did you say? 50. So, okay, so let's go there. The vote was 50 to 48, and Kavanaugh was confirmed by the Senate to the Supreme Court. There was one Democrat who voted yes and 48 Democrats who said no, and 49 Republicans voted yes. And I saw something um, that kind of broke it down into percentages. So, like, 80%, just with regards to people, 80% of black people believed uh, Dr. Ford, 66% of Hispanics, and 40% of whites believed Dr. Blasey Ford. And then when they broke that down by gender, with regards to white people, 43% of white women believed her, which means the majority didn't, and 37% of white men um, believed her. I'm over Kavanaugh. I'm over all of these bitches. <laughs> I'm over a lot of people, a lot I'm, of things, a lot of stuff. I'm over some men. I'm over some white folks. I'm over some Democrats. I'm over some Republicans. I'm especially over some Republicans. Um, I'm over it. And the only thing I can think to do is my part. Get my behind in line. Vote. I wrote a status earlier this week on some of my social media that just said, dear women, run for office. And like, that's the only way. It's the same thing. Like with people of color, you're not going to have your best interest represented until you are the one representing. So, you There's can't just that. sit on the sidelines and complain. Nope. You have to get your ass. In the words of Goody Mob, you got to get up, get out, and, and get, get something. something. Truly. Don't let the days of your life pass by. Okay. You got to get a, up, get out, and get something. That's a mantra. Because you, you and I, I got, got to do, do for you, you and I. I. That's Come why. Here. Come on here. Uh, Church of Goody Mob in Christ. <laughs> Come on with the word. Uh. Uh, CeeLo. I love it. I Nick, love Nick, it. Cujo, come on. Come on with the word. <laughs> we starting off wrong. Come on with that Atlanta <laughs> word. Okay? We need that. What's up, you guys? We black like we never left. I'm a girl named <laughs> Tiffany. Yeah, Courtney. <laughs> Thanks for still rocking with us. You guys are amazing. Yes, y'all are. Y'all be on it. Okay. So, how was your weekend? What did you do? Oh, my God. I was busy. A little bit. Just a little bit. Um, I didn't do much Friday. Saturday morning, I had a photo shoot for Black Smart Proud and got some house stuff together. Okay. And then Sunday, I went to the tailgate. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I went to the tailgate on Sunday, which it was not a lot of people out there this time. I don't know right. where everybody was, what was going on. But there was not that many people out there, but I still had a good time. And... Um, just did some relaxing after I left the tailgate. Left the tailgate kind of early because <laughs> old. And <laughs> <laughs> just went home and chill. What about you? So, I'm a busybody. Everybody already knows this. I did kind of lounge a little bit on Saturday, Friday night. I had an opportunity to check out one of my favorite podcasts out of New York, The Friend Zone. Mm -hmm. They actually came down to Charlotte. And, you know, that's where um, we're based out of. And so, had a good time just checking them out. Dustin um, was funny, just as funny in person as he is on the show. Mm -hmm. Asante was amazing. Of course, Fran is beautiful. And so, just really enjoyed uh, meeting them and, and just enjoying the atmosphere of like-minded people. There were a lot of other podcasters in the room. So, I had a good time with that. 
did Lord of the Rings on Saturday, and you know that's an all-day event. And then, you know, hit the gun range on Sunday. Oh, you was busy. Uh-huh. And I went to see Tamia with her pretty self. Oh, how was it? It was delicious. I sang all the songs. She's good. All the words to all the songs from the top of my lungs. And Grant Hill came out. Did he? He did. You know, he went to school um, in North Carolina. So, mm-hmm. I... In my mind, I'm thinking, oh, they probably went to visit friends and stuff while they were here, too. But it's so cute because he came out and he jumped on the piano and he played, you know, like some throwback songs while she sang. So, mm-hmm. they're so adorable. Oh, sweet. See, he didn't come out when I seen her. I know. That was a while ago. Right? right. That was about, let's see, three about three years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was about three. Okay. Yeah, three years ago. Um, but yeah, I just really finished listening to her album this weekend too, because I hadn't really listened to the new one. Mm-hmm. So I listened to it this weekend. I forgot that she was even coming to town. Yeah, it was so good. Good. So, but that was it. Um, so every week we give you guys the good, bad, and indifferent. We tell you what's going on in the world. We tell you how we feel about it. You do not have to agree, but we'll leave that up to you. So, first of all, I know I usually ask you what happened that impacted you, but I just want to get this out of the way because it's not really black news, but it affected me. Do you know who Scott Wilson is? Scott Wilson? No, girl. Okay. He is Herschel. Herschel Green on The Walking Dead, which used to be one of my favorite shows. Granted, you know, it's kind of gone a little left field, but like those first three, four, five seasons had me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I just I won't explain who he is, but for those of you who are listening, who are Walking Dead fans, who love Herschel, um, I got a text message from my sister yesterday while I was at the concert, and she was like, Herschel died. And I texted her back, and I was like, because, spoiler alert, he died on the show at one point, and it was so, like, it wasn't super brutal, but it was, like, unexpected and really sad. Mm-hmm. Okay, we love Herschel. Herschel is somebody... You can connect with. So, and he's been in so many other situations where he should have died. We're like, are you serious right now? So anyway, I'm like, I know she's not just catching up to this part where Herschel died. Because that was like seasons ago. Mm -hmm. And she sends me a screenshot of like the news. And he actually died in real life. I don't know what from. But I just want to say, rest in uh, peace, uh, Scott Wilson. You know, I love actors. I love cinematography. I love just all things arts and television and, you know, behind the scenes and accents and all of that. So, um, he was one of my faves. Just wanted to throw that out there. Rest in peace. Indeed. Um, so, what about you? You, B just hit her funny bone. I'm like, (laughs) And it was not funny. The face she made wasn't. Ow. Um, what did you ask me? Man, what affected you this week? Oh, affected me. In a bad way or a good way? It don't matter. In the news, what happened? Um, let's see. One thing that affected me was really like the whole Laquan McDonald situation. I'm glad you went there. Um, because it's just finally, and I know this sounds bad because in order for this to happen, someone has to have lost their life, but it's just really good to finally see justice being served somewhat. Um, So if you guys are familiar um, or not familiar with who we're talking about, Laquan McDonald was the young man who was shot 
16 times by an officer in Chicago. And originally when um, word came out about his death, the police had said that he lunged at them with a knife. Right. But dash cam footage and eyewitnesses um, proved that to be false. Right. And so I just really wanted to take a moment to um, just really um, highlight the two eyewitnesses that came forward, and that is Joe and Xavier Torres. They were eyewitnesses. They had an unobstructed view of this actual incident. And I, I'm just sure that the dash cam and their testimony is what really helped to put this officer away. Right. So he was charged with second-degree murder and 16 counts of aggravated battery, one for each bullet. And this is Jason Van Dyke. Jason, Jason Van, Dyke. Van Dyke was the officer. And But then it's like, okay, yeah, we got justice, but he's only facing six years. Right. So I saw I saw a larger range. Um, they said that he could get anything. So first, he plans to appeal, of course. But what is there to? Do I don't we know. See you on the camera. But he plans to appeal. They say he can get anywhere from four to twenty years or probation without jail time. Crazy, right? But we see you right. on on camera. I know some of the jurors stayed behind to talk to um, the media. Uh, some of them gave their names. Some of them didn't. They deliberated for eight hours, and they said um, that he just seemed over-rehearsed, that he wasn't believable, and at the end of the day, they just didn't buy it. Look at the video. Right. You Are you going like, to let him lie to you or your eyes? Right. I that's, mean, come on. And that's what they were saying. Like He wanted us to believe his memory over the dash cam footage that we could see. No, and the eyewitnesses. Yeah. Yeah, goodbye, Jason. Yep, and that that was in October of 2014. Um, And speaking, like, of another 2014 shooting that really affected our community, the Cleveland officer who shot and killed Tamir Rice, who was 12 years old and 14, um, is has actually been hired by a police department in Ohio. Um, The police department in... Well, the Bel Air Police Department is who hired him. Um, the officer's name was Timothy Lowman, and they've hired him in a part-time capacity, but they say they see no problem with it, that he was cleared of all wrongdoing, and the only reason he was fired was because he lied on his previous application. So. I was I listened to this, um, well, everybody knows the podcast, This American Life, but mm-hmm. um, it's, Serial is like a sub podcast of this american life and if you ever listen to the first couple of seasons they highlighted this case out of baltimore of this young um guy named Ennan syed and i think that case just had everybody like just totally intrigued but now they're doing um a podcast each week about a, a criminal case and and basically about how effed up the justice system is. Right. And they went to, um, I think it was in Cleveland, and they, they were reviewing cases, or a case um, in Cleveland, or, or the police department, and they spoke to um, this guy who was basically put in place to oversee, um, I guess, the reformatting of the department and how they do things after... Um, after Tamir Rice. Right. And he basically was saying the same thing. Like, the officer didn't do anything wrong. He, everybody's saying he's a 12-year-old, but he was the size of a grown man. He's 5'7", 120 pounds. He's, you know. And then, and he had the nerve to say that whenever that officer, Timothy Lowman, pulled up, 
that Tamir knew exactly what was happening. He knew why that police was pulling up. And I'm just sitting here Didn't like... Didn't we see the footage of Tamir shooting as well? He was playing in the park by himself. Yeah. I mean, playing by himself. Mm-hmm. No. And, and that just goes to... And like he this, was 12. This brings me up to like a situation that happened to me over the past week. I was out like exercising in my neighborhood and it's this family that has all these dogs. Yeah. But they're not big dogs. They're like puppies, but they never tie these dogs up. Right. And sometimes when I'm out there like walking and stuff, the dogs are like running behind me. You know, they're barking and stuff. Yeah. But you can look at them and tell they're puppies. They're not going to do anything to you. Right. So I was out, whatever. I ran past there once, and I seen the dogs or whatever. And then, as I was coming up to go back down, like, two police cars pulled up and was like, man, we just want to tell you, be careful. We got a report about some vicious dogs on the loose. And I looked at him. I said, those are puppies. Right. I was like, they're I'm not, glad you did. They're not vicious. Do- and see, the family, they're Mexican. Right. And so I was just like, oh, this could just go, this could go all the way left. And yeah. I was like, they're puppies. I was like, yes, they, they do approach you, but you can look at the dogs and tell that they're puppies. Right. And he was like, oh, yeah, well, we had a family out and said the dog started chasing them in a stroller. And I'm just like, who called the police on these puppies? Like, they're puppies. I was more concerned about the puppies being in the street and getting hit by a car than the puppies doing something to me. But it just goes back to, like, instead of them, like, taking a minute and being like, okay, this is a child. Right. They called and said, oh, it's a strange man in the in the rec center with a gun. With a gun. So it makes everybody on alert like, oh, it's it's like an active shooter situation. And it's really not. It's a kid out there right. with a toy gun, a BB gun or whatever it was. And how many of our brothers and cousins and stuff had BB guns? Like everybody had a BB gun growing up. Everybody had a BB gun. And when I say everybody, I do mean everybody like little everybody. kids of all colors. But... For some reason, in the hands of little boys who look like our brothers and sons and cousins and what have you, like, it just looks different mm-hmm. to the outside world. And that's hurtful. And it's disrespectful. And it's racist. And that's why I think that every black person should just go and get their get, get license to have a gun. Mm-hmm. And then let's see what happens. Right. Let's see I what know what's going to happen. Exactly. But. Let's just do that. We just had a mass movement for everybody to just get a gun. You know what? I just had a thought. That would be, I mean, you want to talk about somebody shitting their drawers? That's exactly what will happen. Mm-hmm. It'll be that. It'll be like back in the day whenever the Black Panther Party used to walk around with their guns all the time. I mean, and granted, they were open carrying. Which is was legal. Legal. Mm-hmm. And, and then they try to say, oh, well, it's, it's disturbing the police officers or they feel threatened. What do you feel threatened for? Right. If I'm not, if, if this is legal and I can have a gun, what are you, what's wrong with me having a gun? It, it depends on who's holding exactly. it. Exactly. Assholes. <laughs> Freaking assholes. There's that. Um, we're recording on Indigenous Day, Indigenous People's Day. Yes, we are. Just want to shout y'all out and say. The only Christopher we acknowledge is Wallace, okay? Ain't no Christopher Columbus home. Ain't Nan. I mean, there was one, but he's a thief and a liar. And the truth and a loser. Because and he, had a bad sense of direction. Exactly, got lost and come over here and stumbled upon somebody else's land and just claimed it for your own. And and y'all still doing that today? Y'all still doing it today? Just taking everything. Let me tell you what happened. Speaking of the tailgate, 
You know how like they had the, the people that walk around and like pass out free samples? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm already laughing. What happened? I'm standing on the side of the street, minding my own business. Mm-hmm. Minding your to, black business. Minding my black business. And I had two little Caucasian girls walk up to me and ask me, hey, we got some free samples. Would you like some eco style gel for your edges? <gasps> <laughs> She Lay said edges. Out. She said edges. So that means you knew exactly who you were marketing to. Right. You should have asked her if she uses it for hers. Listen, she listen. I got it right here. I'm gonna tell you what kind it is. I took, this, wait, now, so you I took, took the sample. I took the sample. I took the sample. Cause, cause Courtney B don't turn down free. It is olive oil and shea butter with black castor oil. Where, now, where did she get that from? She was working for Eco Styler Gel. They were like out there, like. Oh you know, God. giving out free samples. And also, cannabis sativa oil, black castor oil, and olive oil. She was like, these are our new products. Would you like some samples for your edges? That's just, <laughs> it's a little weird. It's just a Girl, little weird. I took it, but still, Becky, you don't ask me about my, my edges. edges. <laughs> Ma'am, don't worry about my edges. But yes, so I'm just like. Now, my question is, did you smile or did you give her the side eye and then take the samples? I gave it a side eye and then I took the sample. Okay. Girl, I ain't gonna pass up no free sample. But I'm just saying, it, it's just like, what are y'all doing? Like, really? Y'all can find a little college sisters to come out here and pass us out some eco stylish and you over there with us. She didn't go I to was the other say, side of the yes. street where, you know, they're not playing trap music. Why you didn't go over there and ask them that they want some uh, gel for their edges? Because they would have spent most the majority of the day explaining what it was. <laughs> Can't have nothing. Cannot have nothing. Just like when I was in the hair store one day, and they had this little chick come and ask me, did I know anything about bleaching knots? Some little college in I was like, girl, if you do not leave Wait, me. bleaching whose knots? Her, her wig, yeah. She was out in there picking out lace fronts and asked me, did I know anything about bleaching or not? But they do not talk junk about them whenever they wear wigs or clip-ins or whatever, braids, like... What it, what do they call them? Feet feet in they, boxer. They call them boxer, boxer braids. braids. We call them cornrows. Right. None of that. I was just like, oh, colonizers. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, get your girl bit. No, she's not my girl. Yes, my girl is Jane Fonda. Oh yeah, and Jamie Lee Curtis. Bet is not my girl. Listen, that's your girl. Bet Miller was on IG. Sure. And right. then it was a Twitter. It was Twitter. Was it Twitter? It, was Twitter. it got posted it on got Instagram. Posted. Yeah. And she said the following: Women are the N word of the world. <laughs> no niggas are the N word of the world. Like that's why they are what call what they're called. They are not the N word of the world. Bit. No. She goes on to say: raped, beaten, enslaved, married off. Worked like dumb animals, denied education and inheritance. We're talking about dark skin when we ain't talking about. I was kids. gonna say, um, enduring the pain and danger of childbirth and life in silence for thousands of years, they are the most disrespected creatures on earth. So, you a black woman and you a, a nigga, nigga. You a, you a <laughs> right. double nigga if you black and a woman. I think right? about Is that, that what you mean literally, that? I think about that like almost every day how black women, women of color, but black women specifically have it, have like a double whammy. And I see it all the time. Like, you know, women have it hard for several reasons. Black people have it hard. And then if you're a black woman, 
You have both of that. Good both God. Both of them on top of each other. And don't be gay. Lord. Okay, then you got another layer on top of that. So anyway. Um, and don't be, you better not be poor on top of that. You better you not. fourth layer on top of that. <laughs> you better not be you one know. check away from living on Can the street. Can you imagine me a black, a black trans poor woman in America? They go through. Come on. Why, Lord? That's a nigga, 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 nigga. Okay? <laughs> Four. If women... That's a YG song. Right. No. Um, That's YG. My nigga, my nigga. Well, what about uh, gold all of my chain? Oh, yes. <laughs> That's that, what that is. Yes. Goodness gracious. And then the, the thing that really bothered me about her is because... Some... I think some people that aren't black, they think what they're saying is... It, they, I think they mean well, they, yeah, but it's, they mean well. They think that it's poetic, like they're trying to relate. And it's, it's not, not working. So then, what really tripped me out is when she started receiving flat for what she said. She like doubled down on it and was like, um, "This was a quote by what's the chick's name, Yoko Ono." Uh huh. This was a quote by her, and this is I stand by this. She doubled down, like she did not take it back. Women are the N-word of... Why do they always... Why do you... I don't understand why... Why do you even want to associate it with that? Like, it's hard enough. You already... We we already... Like, girl, save the tears. We don't want those. You... you, We're not the same. And my thing is, if you really want to be frank about it, sis... Y'all are the ones that are helping to perpetuate the shit. Because when you have Didn't a chance to read not those, vote uh, statistics? for people like that or to vote no, Susan Collins, you do not. So don't come talking to us about... I want to call her the B-word. And you know I don't call nobody the B-word. Don't come talking to us about being the N-word of the world when you benefit from the proximity of power Correct. so much that Correct. you do not vote against it. You do not really take a stand for it because at the end of the day... You like being close to power. But then you at, like at the, the end of, of the supremacy. day, at the end of the day, is it really been? Is that like proximity of power really benefiting them long term? They think it is right in the they moment. It, yes, it feels like it is. They they think it is, and in some ways, it is because I mean, look at Melania. You see how she got bumped by that baby elephant yes. this week. Well, I mean, why, I was on the floor. I mean, why would she? Why would people like that say anything? Right. Why? Why would you? Like, I mean, I don't. I don't get it. And then it just makes it harder to feel like they are really allies because it seems like the moment they get to sell us out for their privilege, mm-hmm. that's what they're going to do. Right. It's us. Uh, what, what do they say in Hamilton? Is is them or me? That's why I like when, um, like when Van Lathan interviews people, and they say, "Well, I want to do this," and he's like, "I mean, we don't need you to do it. Right. It's okay if you do, but we don't need you to do it." Like, you just got all kind of stuff over first there. First of all, it's my today. mama FaceTiming me. I don't know. I told her where I was going. Like, why are you FaceTiming mama me? Mama B. That so that's B not recording. me. That's her. FaceTiming me. Just like, go ahead and answer it. That's what I want you to go ahead and answer it. I'm like, Mama, why are you FaceTiming me? We're recording. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. You called me? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> Bye. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Bye, Mama. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Be a it's kid. okay. She loved you. Golly. 
Where were we? We were I, talking about these. I just women. want to all in all say, Bette Midler ruined my October because I was ready to watch Hocus Pocus and now, oh, now I'm yeah. flipping the table over. See, I'm shaking the table. I now I don't want to watch it. I ain't a Hocus Pocus kind of girl. I like the Gord films. I mean, me too, but you know, now, every Death, now and then. Death Becomes Her was definitely getting watched. Because that's my movie. I'm going to watch The Adams Family, Death Becomes Her. I'm going to watch me some Chucky. All the things. I already started. It's a movie on Netflix. Lord have American mercy. Horror Story. Got you. the Elastic Man back. And he creeped me out, but he's scary. And I'm glad that he there because last season kind of was... So. The Lodgers. The Lodgers... On um, Netflix. That's how I kicked off my scary movie October marathon. If y'all want to see a scary movie, watch Heritage. That was scary even for me because stuff about like spirits and demons always freak me out. Mm-hmm. Watch Heritage. I guarantee you. you Where can I see scared. that? I watched it. I think I watched it on Fire Stick. No, I watched it on DVD. Okay. I watched it on DVD. But Heritage is a crazy, scary movie. But anyway, what, what else we got to talk about? Um, so I do want to give Chance the Rapper. We have not talked about him in a while. I want to give him a super huge shout out because, you know, mental health in the black community is um, definitely something that we believe in, mm-hmm. something that we've talked about on the show before, something that we'll never stop talking about. And it's a passion point for the both of us. And he announced this past week that he is pledging a million dollars towards mental health services in Chicago. And we know that not only is that needed, but needed amongst black people, needed amongst men, and definitely needed in regions like Chicago. Well, he needs to get Kanye on board. Because he definitely needs mental health. Where are we with Kanye this week? I, I, I don't, you know what? Never mind. I'm just saying, he's, he, he could be prime, prime candidate to receive some services. Because clearly the ones that he's getting are not Well, I was going to say, I thought Kanye was receiving mental health services. (laughs) What? That's not funny. He actually is going to the doctor and getting prescriptions. I don't believe he is. I don't believe he is. He has medicine, B. That he's not taking. Maybe, but Just because you have mental health issues does not give you the right to have like a jackass. Word to Pete Davidson. It does not. Does not give you the right to just act like a jackass all the time when you know you need help and you're obviously half-assing it. It does not give you the right to torment everybody else with your shenanigans. True, true, true. Let me ask Somebody you. else who's being a champion, though, Who? with mental health is Taraji P. Henson. Yes. She um, created a mental health foundation to honor her late father. And I watched her on The View. Y'all gotta watch yes. The View. The View be good. I watched her on The View, I think it was last week, and she just talked about how, you know, people think because she has money and fame and all of this, she was like, yeah, I get, you know, I have a glam squad, and I get to be on set, and she was like, and then as soon as I get off stage, I got to deal with the same stuff y'all dealing with, family, money, drama, all of that. Yeah, no, I believe her if I don't believe anybody else. Exactly. She was like, and it takes a toll on you, and if it goes unchecked, it can really be detrimental to your life and your well-being and your livelihood and so she created um this foundation it's called the boris lawrence henson foundation it's named after her father and it launched on september the 22nd yeah i feel like we've talked about that on the show i don't think i don't remember did we mm-hmm. well i love to roger you have to bring it up <laughs> and anyway the foundation is providing scholarships to african-american students majoring in mental health 
and it will also offer mental health services to youth in urban schools and work to lower the recidivism rates of African American men and women. Right. So, shout out to you, Taraji. I love you. Really oh, pretty self. And then she said something that was really, really good. You know, she recently got engaged um, yes. to her boo, and she talked about how it was a period of four months, but she like cut him off, like. No talking, no booty, no nothing. Right. And, you know, she was like, because guys, you know, when it gets to a certain point, sometimes they start... Getting complacent. And start tripping out. Yeah. And so she was like, ladies, one thing I got to tell you is if you ever go through something with your man and you cut him off, if he wants you, he going to come get you. Amen. I learned that a long time ago. She was like, you do not have to do anything. If he wants you, he is going to come get you wherever you are. And she was like, and that's what he did. And And no matter what... Right, and she was like, and that's why I got my ring on. Because, <laughs> no, like, you need to work for this. And if you done messed up, no, 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 no. I don't need to be doing a thing. It's right. all on you. Who you with? Who do you love? Okay? Who do you love? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like we've discussed, or we didn't get a chance to discuss the young guy. Now I can't remember his name. Who, he's a black guy and started, like, a mental health app for males. His name starts with a B? Yes. Maybe. I can't remember. I can't either. But as soon as I find it, we're going to post him. So you guys check our Instagram. Because um, I definitely want to give him some recognition. I saw it like three times and meant to say something about it. Mm-hmm. And since we're talking about that, I definitely want to give him a shout out. Because I, sometimes I feel like there, while there haven't been many outlets in the black community in general... When there have been some, they've either been geared towards black women or it's something that would make black women feel more comfortable. And and when I saw his posts or people posting about him, I was thinking, okay, it, there's a difference when a black man creates something for black men. Mm-hmm. Then they really feel like it's for them. So definitely want to make sure I get the right name out there. Yeah, because y'all can't be going around all tore up inflicting damage on other people like get yourself together i mean because because triggered nobody wants to be dealing with that like i know it's sad and we all been through stuff but it's your responsibility to get your ish worked out before you go causing chaos and wreaking havoc in everybody else's life no work on you it's okay to work on yourself brothers okay work on yourself that's spreading around mess that's attractive mess that is a trap. Because we don't want work it. on you. We 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 got enough to deal with. <laughs> you don't need to be dealing with your itch too. Figure it out. Fact. And come holler at me. Girl, you wanna know what made me laugh this week? I probably should save this to the end, but um <laughs> did you see the little white girl twerking uh on <laughs> K Machine? You know like Yes I did. I never I really like know how to feel. Me too. So, if you guys didn't see it, you got to, like, just go hashtag K Michelle on Instagram and you will be able to find this video. There's a girl, and I don't even know if she's, like, there selling something. Because she's there on a golf cart, but... With a manila envelope. Right. She's probably selling something. Okay, so... Or, oh, you know what? It's about to be the holiday season. It might be one of those school things where you you can buy the cookies in the tin Mm. or something like that. Anyway, we'll sign up sheet. But anyway, I don't know how old this girl was, but she was old enough to drive a golf cart around the neighborhood, and she was ringing the doorbell. I don't know if she's been there more than one day. She said she had been there. Okay. In the original post, she said that she'd have been there before. 
So she's ringing the doorbell. She knows that there's a camera there because she's like looking at the camera, you know, giving the deuces, all kinds of stuff. And then she she turns around and twerks. Like every time somebody brings it up, they never like mention the fact that she twerks. They just skip. That was a irk. (laughs) Whatever it was, it was funny. And when I tell you, like, K. Michelle had been watching the whole time. And you know, like, you can talk through your phone no matter where you are. You don't have to be at home. She cussed that little white girl out. And that girl took off running. I bet she you she will never so come back. Fast. What was funny to me was in the caption, K. Michelle called a little Bo P. That she was did. what was funny to me. She did. <laughs> she was like, uh, I don't want that little Bo Peep. Oh my God. That I, was feel so like Lil, funny. I feel like little Bo Peep would be sweeter than that. Like, she. Well, she really didn't do that mean. She was trying to. She just twerked it. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't. She looked like a bad news uh, bear. <laughs> Yes, she's probably in the Mean Girl Club at her school. Oh, I do not trust well, she probably it. Like, is. well, I was gonna say because well, when I was that age, thank you, in the camera, thank you, in the camera. <laughs> like, whose house did she think she was at? Girl, I don't know, but she got no, she B, got what she, she was asking for. No, she got what she, she did. Was asking for. She got exactly what she was asking for, and I bet you she won't come back past that house. I, at that age, I would have <laughs> never at some adult's house. I wonder if she's seen the video of her. Oh, probably. <laughs> I have no doubt. It oh, went viral. God. Oh, God. That was funny. I needed that laugh. It's even funny now when I think about it. When you get bad. over this boy. <laughs> get your ass off. <laughs> <laughs> she's that off running. Oh, oh my God. God. That was funny. I guess. That was hilarious. I guess. What you got, B? Um, I did want to talk about... Um, This is... Just some interesting, you know, good news. So it is very important to not only support black businesses, but to also support black owned banks. So Mm -hmm. the largest black owned bank in the country is called One United Bank. Mm -hmm. And they just released um, the Justice Visa ATM debit card. So on this card, it is a black girl with locks and she has her fist extended. And the artwork was created by um, an international artist, and his name is Adonis Parker. And it was designed to bring awareness to the Trump Trump administration's immigration policies that have negatively affected countries like Jamaica and Haiti, basically the countries that Trump called shithole countries. Um, And it it just is to bring light to um, those policies that have um, affected them negatively. And also, it brings awareness to how much immigrants um, contribute to the American economy. So, according to the Department of Health and Human Services, immigrants brought in last year $663 billion in government revenue. They are um, a sponsor of Black Lives Matter, and they're also hosting, somebody had tagged me in this, it's called the We Buy Black Convention, and it's going to be um, held in Atlanta in November, and so One United Bank is a sponsor of that. So, I mean, you know, if you're looking to, um, you know, open up a, an account, whether it's checking or savings or a lot of credit, check out One United Bank, and also Mechanics and Farmers, they're also a black-owned bank, um, because, I mean, you know, I was just thinking I went to the... Um, the state employees credit union the other day and it is like a Latino a whole lot bank. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you see what I'm saying? Like they they be on their stuff. Right. 
It's we doable. need to do that too. Right. Um, and I just thought that was cool to have, to be able to have a debit card with someone that looks like you own it, like in that, you know, fist extended position. Because I love that. What other banks do that? They don't do that. So I, I don't just know. They to might start to keep us banking there well, once they find they out. Do. I do. Yes, guys, we're going to have a diversity meeting. Like, what can we put on this card? Like, oh, you know, my gosh. What do you guys gosh. think? They're going to get the two black people to work. What do you guys think? Can I? Can we just talk about that for a minute? And this was not my intention for today. But, like, I mm, I don't even know, like, how I want to uh, attack it or from what angle. But, like, how do you really feel about companies? And I don't know exactly how many companies you've worked for in the past. But, like, their diversity projects sometimes... Every now and then, and it's not often, I feel like companies who maybe aren't black-owned hit the mark with their diversity programs. Like, you can tell they actually care, that they're listening, that they take the proper steps, and they're not trying to rush it or just make it appear. Like, hire a bunch of black people or put certain people on the forefront of things or on their print material to make it look like they care about diversity but like are actually doing the work so for those places who are really just it's really just the rules like how do you feel about that like what do companies need to do in order to tackle this properly um given the fact that the majority of the places that i have worked has been healthcare related I mean, really and truly, all I've seen about diversity or inclusion is that little, you know, 20-minute module you get once a year or in orientation. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as diversity, like, within the departments, like, now they hire um, black folks or people of color, but I rarely have seen them get to like CEO of the hospital. Right. Or president of the hospital. Right. It's it's in um, leadership where you're lacking. Yes. Um and given the reports that we've seen here recently, and this is not a recent phenomenon, this has always happened. Um with you know black women not being believed, right. there's a lot that we could do as far as being culturally competent when it comes to caring for people who don't look like us. I remember one day I, um, I had a nurse say to me, and, and I know she didn't mean any harm, but it, it, it just rubbed me the wrong way because we were talking about, I overheard her. She was training a new nurse to our area, and she was just talking about how like you do like skin prep before you start an IV. Mm-hmm. And she made the comment, was like, well, yeah, you know, like, whenever you, you know, use alcohol swab and you rub their skin, sometimes with people that are, you know, darker skin, you know, like, dirt will come off. But that's just a normal thing. What? (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what I felt. I was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, well, I don't mean anything, but, you know, like, sometimes when you have someone who's darker skin, you know, when you, like, wipe them with alcohol, like, dirt comes off. And I'm like... But that happens with everybody because we wear lotion and it attracts dust to our to skin. Like that happens with anybody. Y'all should see how like I'm looking at B right now. Like I believe somebody said that, but I can't believe she didn't correlate it with the fact that 
uh, duh, you've been going all day and dust particles. And no, she just said it's because you're black. You're basically you're dirty. See, and she's this goes. I some, could. She's teaching mm-mm. a new graduate was, nurse. Was that nurse also yes. like white? Yes. I mean, you don't understand. Like, it's just you would never. I could tell you some stories. No, I totally believe you. And this just goes back to something I just told my cousin last weekend because she used that same phrase that you just used. Like, oh, I know they didn't mean any harm. But just because somebody doesn't mean any harm or thinks they don't mean any harm doesn't mean that what they've done or said is not harmful. Right. Because that young lady could, if you, I don't know if you corrected her in that moment. I did. But, okay, good. Because if not, or we don't know how many people she's taught that to who went and taught that to somebody else. How inaccurate, how ignorant was that? And I, I'm not mad at the lady, like, because I don't know her and I don't know her intentions or whatever, but that's disgusting, honestly, to to say, like, oh, well, when you, to imply that you're, you're getting dirt on the alcohol. So she never looked down at the alcohol pad after wiping a lighter person Probably or a white person. Probably not. Because I've had all kinds. I have all kinds. That sounds like something that, like, her grandfather or grandmother might have told her about black people and she just carried into her adulthood and her profession. That's weird. So, it's just like, when it's like, what can you do? It's just like, I don't know. Because I sometimes feel like these things are just embedded in people's minds. Like... I mean, I, I remember this one patient I had. She she was like my mom's age. So mm-hmm. this is not an older lady. She's not old, okay? Right. And um, she should know better. And so she was just acting all fidgety and all of this kind of stuff. And I was about to place an ivy line in her. And, you know, me being friendly, trying to, you know, make her comfortable because it's scary. You yeah. know, I was like, what's wrong? Like, you know, I promise it's going to be okay. Like, you know, what's what's going on? And she was like, no. I was like, are you nervous? And she was like, no, I'm not nervous. She was like, I'm just wondering when when somebody else is going to come and start my IV. And I was like, I'm going to start your IV. There's nobody else to start your IV. Right. And she says, well, normally when I go to get, like, blood draws or get IVs and stuff, I look for the biggest, blackest nurse I can find because they normally know what they're doing. That's what she said to me. And I believe I, that. I and, know people who, who think that way. And I said, <clears throat> well, unfortunately, this is not Burger King. You can't pull up and just have it your way. So either I can start your IV or we can reschedule. Right. So she went on and got her her um, test done. But then she filed a formal complaint on me. And all she said in the complaint was, the nurses talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Girl, when I tell you, I read that like, okay. Girl, bye. You just mad because I got your ass together. Right. You don't know who you playing with. Fact. Talking about I want the biggest blackest nurse I can find. Ma'am, either you can have me or you can have nobody. Right. We're not even going to play that game. And normally, But you got the job done. Exactly. And Boom. she went on about her business. Right. But that's why, like. What was she looking for? A mammy to take care of her? Because that's, that's what they think. That's what they used to. And so I just. I don't know, like, what you can do. Or I've seen, you know, someone's name will pop up on the task list and the first thing you know someone will say is oh I wonder if we need an interpreter just because somebody's last name is Latin that does not mean that they do not speak English but they'll I I mean before they even go out there and talk to the person 
anything is, oh, do we need an interpreter? Why would you automatically think that? Go If you take your ass out there right. and say, hello, Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so, you'll know quickly if they can speak English or not. But then that's so funny because that's where if, if you're... If your place of business or your program is truly diverse, if you've done the work, then there's less of that. And I think you touched on something key early on um, as it pertains to diversity. Like, it starts with leadership. Like, it's really important. It's so funny because I know someone who hires um, and they are Mm -hmm. African-American. They're a a recruiter and they're African-American. And they always think twice when trying to hire, even if it's the best talent, right? They always think twice about, like, hiring a slew or a couple of black people, like, back-to-back. Because they're like, dang, like, how is this going to look? Are they, you know, going, am I going to get in trouble? And it's kind of like, no, I don't know any other race that really has to consider whether or not they're hiring too many people who look like them. I certainly know, like, even where I work, like, I certainly know... White people don't have to think twice about whether they're hiring too many white people. And a lot of places look at diversity and go, okay, if we have more women mm-hmm. in here, so they can be, so the whole group can be white men, right? And then we get like three or four white women in, or maybe like three white women and an Asian woman. Now we're diverse. But if you have a little bit of everyone, so I'm not just saying because I'm black, like a whole place needs to be filled with black people as well but number one you have to have leadership who represents the people where you work right so that you understand and so that like rules and regulations that trickle down affect us don't don't adversely affect us because of the way we look or our economic status or what have you and then it helps with unconscious bias when you also have Black men, white men, black women, white women, Asian women, Asian men, like everybody. So I can sit in a room when we're roundtabling about, you know, the next level or whatever it is with regards to the business or a certain business unit and go, no, that's not going to work. Or, no, I, d- I don't see it that way because you're not considering these people who have you know, these problems or these issues or think this way. So I don't know. I was just curious as to what you thought, because I know a lot of businesses are really lacking in that area and they think that they're doing a stand-up job because they plaster a little black girl or a little Asian boy on the front of their product. Mm -hmm. And then you talk to people who work for those companies and they're miserable because they're underrepresented. Mm -hmm. But how do you get more people to step up and accept those leadership roles. It's not about it's not about people accepting them. It's about allies creating or making room for the opportunity for people of color, women of color, women in general to get to those places. You know like I can be the best candidate, but if I walk into a room and there are eight people who decide whether or not I get the job, and nobody and and so, and they're all looking at me like she can't do a good as a, a, as good a job as John because she's a woman. Even if they don't say that, you know, even if it's a part of their bias, or uh, she went to a HBCU and this person went to Harvard, 
but my work experience says, you know, my experiences, my letters, my recommend, my letters of recommendation, etc., say that I am the best candidate for this job. You've interviewed me. You can clearly see that I'm the best candidate, but you don't feel comfortable enough to hire me because I'm black and I'm a woman. There's nothing, there's literally nothing I can do because you're not going to sit in an interview or call me back and say, we didn't hire you because you're, you're a woman or because you're black because that's illegal. So they'll just say they hired the best candidate and they'll hire John. Yeah. So then what do we do? We just have to move up one foot at a time. And then, and then once we see, like if you notice that, you know, spaces aren't being created, you call it out. I'm a firm believer in that. And I know that like sometimes people are really afraid to do that because it's like I need my job. You know, maybe I'm two paychecks or three paychecks away from being out on the street. Like I have to work, but we can't be afraid to call those things what they are. And it's so funny because when you do call it out, people get uncomfortable. I especially notice like a lot of white people, they do not like full on confrontation. It's kind of I didn't I didn't do we didn't. But you got to call it out. And even if, like, it's an uncomfortable situation in that moment, I guarantee you something will change. They will, well, even if it's temporary, and sometimes that's all you need is a temporary change to slide right on in there and then create the space for other people who also look like you, if they are the best candidates for the job. Right. I know a lot of black people, a lot of black women, a lot of black girls, a lot of black men who are out here making waves. Um, and some the unfortunate part in the past has been that sometimes you're the one who makes waves and you don't get to reap the benefits of that situation. I've also been there. I remember being at a job, and I don't want to give too many details, but I know when I was done with them, they were so afraid of what I was, what they thought I was about to do, just based on how I handled the situation, which was very professionally, like my wording, the route that I took. They gave everybody on my team a raise. I left. Mm -hmm. But even in my absence, they were so fearful of what they thought I might do next that they made sure to treat everybody else that they had been mistreating extremely well. Mm -hmm. Like, I still get phone calls, like, thanking me. So, sometimes you just got to create the space for other people. But that's important. And the other thing is... Ownership, and we talk about that all the time on this show. We got to own our own stuff. And I know, like, it doesn't, we don't just turn this podcast off and go, you know what, I'm going to start a business tomorrow. Although you could do that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it takes planning. Sometimes you got to link up with, like, a friend or two, a cousin that you trust, an uncle, you know, that you know has good business sense and start a business. But we have to own our own. And then, Sometimes hire people who look like us just to create those opportunities when other people won't let us in. That's what I was going to like, say. We don't have to beg. Have to, to create those opportunities. Correct. Because like you said, even if somebody is qualified, if they already have this bias in their minds, it doesn't matter if you're the best candidate. Right. They're going to go with who they want to go with. This is true. Unless you're that token one and they need that one black person. Right. But then... If you're that one, if you're that one, just make sure that you do whatever you can to make a little wedge room for somebody else. And when you do that, that person can make a little more wedge room for somebody else mm-hmm. and so forth and so on until it's even and fair. 
And you're right. We don't have to beg anybody for opportunities when we can create them for ourselves. But, I mean, we've discussed on this show as well how difficult it can be sometimes because we don't have the same leg up as mm-hmm. other Americans There's do. Years we and generations. literally created, you know, the wealth. Exactly. We created the wealth that they operate with, and then we're constantly having to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps. It's doable. It's just more difficult. And I wish more people would respect that. I feel like if more people respected and understood and acknowledged that, we could get a lot further. You can't look me in the face and tell me, you're not doing this. You're not doing that. You need to do a better job of that. Mm -hmm. What you should be saying is, and this is just me. This is my personal plight. Like, I'm not one of those people. You have to look at me. You don't have to do anything. But I operate better when you look at me and you go, I understand, Tiffany, Mm -hmm. that... You were not given this, 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 and that. I don't have many tools, but this is what I have. I'm either willing to share with you or I can tell you where to go get it or just those kinds of conversations. And then I go, you know what? I was dealt a bad hand, but let's see how we can pick it up. Or, hey, you want to work with me? like And help each other. That's right. Help each other. And even that can be scary because when we... I know people who have disposable income. A lot of times when we talk about getting together and buying land or starting businesses, it's scary because we're taking all that we have. Yeah. And trusting that we're going to be able to work. (laughs) Exactly. I know know. you do. I'm in that position now. Like, whoa, Jesus. To start your business or to work with friends, to buy some land or start a co-op or like whatever it is. We're taking all that we have. And if the... If this doesn't work, I might be asked out. Like, seriously, one paycheck away, two paychecks away. Um, so it takes a lot more faith than some other people have to put into it. Because some people can fail and go home. Some people can fail and still, go you know. Daddy house. Some people can fail and literally be like, my business flopped. I'm going to Europe for a month. I'm taking a month mm-hmm. off. And that's just a different story yeah, we don't have than that. what we experience, right? So just some respect in that area goes a long way. Some understanding, some empathy. Yeah, which that matters. It's hard to come by these days. Right. Not only do people who don't look like us have it, but people inside our own ethnic group don't have empathy for one another. And you literally like understand exactly where I'm coming from like why is this so difficult I digress hopping off my soapbox yeah girl but that was a good soapbox to be on appreciate it that was good thank you so good anything else cause I was just running my yap yap that's okay I mean just more shit Kavanaugh what about are we still talking about him no it's just it's just I just really want to Make sure that people are aware um, that this is a big deal because the more conservative the court becomes, the highest court in the land, I mean, not only can they overturn Roe Ro versus Wade, you know, they're also the people that are going to determine, you know, whether, you know, this case, if you've taken all the way up and gotten to the Supreme Court, you know, just like how. I can't remember what what state it was where the baker refused to make the cake for the gay couple's marriage. Yes, I do They're remember that. They're the ones that. who are going to be deciding whether or not that's legal. And Kavanaugh said that 
he would not say that he felt as though it was wrong to fire someone because they're gay. He would not, you know, say whether or not it was okay to send someone out of, you know, away from the USA because of their race. So this is just very scary because they're the ones who are going to be deciding this. And I just want to say, for those of you who watch The Handmaid's Tale, this is how that stuff begins. Mm -hmm. It didn't just wake up one day and it was just total chaos and they were taking women off and making them handmaids. It was bit by bit. And thanks to the women. by piece. Mm -hmm. And Serena Joy was instrumental in starting that. Yes. Senator Collins. Okay? (laughs) Just needs to change her name. Serena Joy. A.K.A. Senator Collins from Maine. Right. It's just ridiculous to me. Um, so that's, it's, it's, it's hard to like believe that we're still in this space where you would fire somebody for their sexual orientation. Like That's so weird to me. That is so weird to me. And everybody, everybody has a friend or a family member who is, you know, not that it even matters. Like, it's so funny because I heard somebody... And I don't know if I've said this, like, when I was a kid or or not. But I heard an adult talking the other day, and they were just... Maybe it was on TV, and they were talking about their company, and they were saying something about, um, you know, some people are out, and some people have not come out yet. Mm-hmm. I stopped it. There was more to it, but I kind of stopped right there, and I was like, uh, I can't wait till we even get to this point where it's like, come out, like coming out like so cliche yeah like why why is that even a thing like do i did i have to come out as heterosexual like is there like this super age where like you make a declaration to the world as to like what you are or what you like or what your sexual orientation is like shoulder shrug it is throw that kanye shrug like why why is why is that even a thing and two i think a lot of that though has to do with the, whatever family they're raised in. I guess. I think that has a lot to do with them coming out. Because, you know, some families are stupid. But my point is, they don't have to come out. They don't. No, they Period. don't have to. They don't it's have to It's not anything. even a secret. Right. That's what I'm saying. It shouldn't be like a secret up until a point where you're like, ta-da, I'm here, I'm gay, I'm a lesbian. You know, I was born a man but want to be a woman. I was born a woman but want to be a man. Like, ta-da, like. Uh, none of that should even be a thing. And I can't wait till we get there. I mean, I'm just trying to figure out if we ever will. Be honest. It's like everything do. is going backwards. Back into time. Next thing you know, they're going to be saying it's separate but equal. You know what I believe? I believe, and maybe this is just, because I, th- I like to think that I'm a realist, right? But maybe this is the slight optimist in me where I'm like, I feel like sometimes we take two steps back. But then we take like eight steps forward. And just like, you know, earlier this week where I posted the thing I I told you about earlier in the show where I was like, you know, women, dear women, run for office. It's kind of like sometimes these bad things happen. These things that make us angry. It's kind of like being in a relationship, right? You're in love and you're doing all that you can to sustain what you believe is a positive relationship. And then you get done grimy, right? And once there's a, a mourning period, right? But once you're done mourning, you get pissed. Mm-hmm. And you know what you do? You get up, 
you go get your hair done, you go get your nails done, you start running, you start eating better, you stop taking phone calls after a certain hour, you get your rest, and all of a sudden you pop up on IG, looking fine, with a T on the end, and it's like, it took for you to get pissed to get to this place where you're like, no, I got this. You know what? You're right. You weren't good for me. I don't need you. And I feel this way when it comes to economics. I feel this way just with politics. Like, I did. we did not want Donald Trump. No. We did not want Brett Kavanaugh. No. But you know what? I mean, I, I'm, I've been pissed. But I know some people who were complacent who are now pissed. And now they're ready to do some work that they weren't ready to do before. And I, I just want everything to be that way. Like, okay, I don't want it to take you to get aggravated in order to get to this space. But if it does, so be it. Speaking of that, like, women, that's that's one that's one of the only ways that this is going to change. Because if you when you look at that Supreme Court justice nomination hearing, when you look at the people that um, Dr. Blasey Ford was talking to, mm-hmm. they were all old white men. Right. That has to change. Right. That has to change because if that was truly a representative of what this country looks like, we wouldn't even be having this conversation Correct. right now. Representation matters. Exactly. So we do... Um, Goes back to the diversity conversation. We do have to um, really, really take a stand and run for offices. Um, it goes back to I was watching the View again, and they had they had this segment, and it was called um, they had the four most powerful Black women in politics mm-hmm. on the show, cool. and it was Donna Brazile, Yolanda Carraway, Leah Daughtry, and Mignon Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've all done so much I can't sit here and, and talk about it, but they basically just talked about their experiences and how important it is for not only Black women but all women. Um, to run and to be in office. And Donna Brazile said something um, that really stuck with me. And basically she was like, you know, you don't have to give me a seat at the table because I'm going to show up and take my seat. Right. You ain't got to give me nothing. Because I'm coming to get my seat. Either you're going to move out the way or you're going to get pushed out the way. And that's how we should be. That is how we should be. I'm not waiting on you to give me no seat. That's right. I'm I'm coming to get my seat and we're going to make our own table. Excuse me. Right. So, I mean, it was just a really good segment. And just to see all of those smart, just powerful black sisters up there just running things. Right. Which is what we all should aspire to be. I love it. It was good. It was good. It was good. So, okay. Well, per usual, what brought you joy? What made you laugh? What inspired you this week? Um... One thing that inspired me this week um, is, do you know who, what is their lady's name? Callie Terrell. Do you know who Callie Terrell is? I do. Please share. So, Callie Terrell is a 99-year-old beautician um, from Tennessee. She has been styling hair since 1945. 
Um, she is still driving herself to work. She's still taking clients. Yes. This lady has marched with MLK. And they ask her, um, you know, what's the, what's the secret to her living this long and, you know, just being able to work. And she was like, when you wake up every day joyful and actually loving what you do, mm-hmm. it keeps you going. And I just, it's just amazing to see this lady being, she'll be 100 years old in November, still going, like still taking care of herself, still driving, still taking clients. Like she's been doing this for 70 years. When she said she was going to retire at her 100th birthday, I was like, I don't want you to retire. No. Like I want you to just keep going. And so that just brought me so much joy. Also, whenever they showed her um, workstation, she had um, the movie poster for Hidden Figures up at her station. And I was just like... So sweet. That's so sweet. <laughs> just some, like, black black girl magic at right. its finest. And um, so that brought me joy was just seeing that, you know, if she can just continue on at 100, we ain't got no excuse. So Get true. your ass up. Get up. Let's go. And what find something you? you enjoy. What brought you joy? Well, you know, this past week was an American hero, American Shiro's birthday. Yes. Fannie Lou Hamer. When I tell you, when she said, we're going to tear it up. Listen, I, that is what inspired me. I was I, on the floor and I had my fist in the air and I played it like 80 times. So Fannie Lou would have been 101 this year. She was the vice chair and co-founder of the Freedom Democratic Party, um, which she represented at the 1964 Democratic National Convention. Right. I just love when she said, if we can't have it, you, you can't, can't have it either because we're going to tear it up. <laughs> I said, yes, Fanny Lou, tell them. No, if we can't have it, you ain't having it either because we built this country. Courtney B. just took my inspiration. I did. You did. That was going to be my thing. Well, it can still be your thing. Go ahead. What's your you already said it, girl. I didn't know it was going to be your inspiration. We're just I talking know. about Fannie Lou. I know. What was your inspiration? Today? I was going to say those exact words. I ain't going to repeat it, B. Go ahead and repeat it. No. Because it, it sounds different coming from you because I'm like. Anything you don't want the people to forget? Um. October 12th is the last day. Okay. <laughs> for you to register for, to vote by mail or in general. Because in the next, you have to do it in person, like on the day, right? Yes. Yeah, so October 12th is the last day for you to register before early voting starts. So if you haven't, you better get on it. You can go to rockthevote.com, viewyourvote.com. All of these shows and websites has something where you can look it up. Like, just Google, how can I vote? And figure it out. Because we all need to show up and show out on November the 6th. Yeah, uh yes. Yeah. And you know what's crazy? I I don't know what I signed up for, but a bot sent me a message the other day asking if I wanted to check my status. I was me like, too. "Yes." So I went through the whole process just to double check and they were like, "Is this you? Did you used to live here?" I'm like, "Yes, yes, yes." You know, the, the feds always listening. Somewhere all <laughs> of our information is everywhere anyway. And so they had me set up, and I was like, yeah. "Okay, that was easy." Yeah, you gotta get on it. They sent me one too. Yep. Yep. Resi- I think it was Resist Bot. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, what it was. So we gotta get out there and vote, y'all, because your lives do depend on it. Fact. Even if you think it doesn't, it does. Fact. Because you don't want to be in Gilead. I'm just. If you <laughs> I know, watched, I don't. Listen, if you haven't watched The Handmaid's Tale, go watch it, and then you gonna know what Gilead is, and that's somewhere that you definitely don't want to be. Right. If you're a woman, anyway. Or if you're a man who actually likes women. Like, who cares about women? Yeah. 
Because they, oh, they like women. Yeah. But it's for their own personal use and enjoyment. Right. They don't see us as equal partners. Really don't. I don't Can you imagine make that statement. if Dr. Blazy Ford would have acted like Brett Kavanaugh acted on that stand? Yes, she they would have dragged her. Emotional, mm-hmm. incoherent, having a meltdown like they said with Serena, but he was just, you know, he was accused and he was passionate and he was defending himself. It's amazing that we're still doing that. I'm just amazed, shocked, not really shocked, annoyed. Um, I do have one thing I don't want you guys to forget. Tropical Storm Michael, I don't know if you, you've heard this, um, is in a category three and or stronger. They come in here, is it? Um, well, it's on path to come through parts of Florida, most of Georgia, all of South Carolina, and most of North Carolina. Um, oh, to also Lord. include parts of Virginia. So please keep your eye out for the storm. Um I read that it was supposed to start raining on Wednesday. It's definitely supposed to rain all day Thursday if it doesn't change its path. And Friday and parts of Saturday. So it, it kind of rained in North Carolina today, like really hard it for a little is. while. And I, I don't think that had anything to do with it. But you know what? I'm not so much concerned with the rain. It's just the freaking skaters. Okay. Right. They the are. Skaters. You know, you in North Carolina when the yeah. news has a skater meter. That's okay? true. <laughs> so if you're not in North Carolina and listen to this, like we country and we have a skater meter on the news and the skater meter was in red. And I was like, see, uh uh-uh. uh. I don't have time for this. Like, no. The Skeeter meter. They will eat you up. No, it's important, though, because they also carry disease. So, we need to know. So, make sure you have your offspray. If you have, like, puddles or stuff around your house, you know, old pots or planters or anything that's catching water, make sure you turn those over because it is a breeding ground for the Skeeters. That's right. Get you some offspray, all that good stuff because, honey, the rain is coming. And so are the skeeters. Right. <laughs> so, what's your good word for the good people this week? Um, my good word for the good people is stop feeling guilty for saying no. That's good. Just stop feeling guilty for saying no. Sometimes you got to put your best interest in the forefront. And if that means telling other people no, that's just what it means. I guarantee you, if it's something they need done or they're desperate about, they'll find a way to do it that doesn't include you. So, do not feel guilty for saying no. Or delaying your response or saying, give me a few days to think about that. Yes, that's one thing that my mom taught me that has been very valuable. Always be busy. Always have something to do. Or a delayed response is not a no. But, like, if it's so funny because now if you try to pressure me, then the answer is going to be no. Mm -hmm. Because now you're making me uncomfortable. It's definitely going to be no. It's going to be like, oh, well... I have a prior engagement. You know, I'm I'm so sorry, but I'm not going to be able to to do that. Mm -hmm. And if they somebody gets upset with you, or feels like you know you slighted them, then you should have been doing nothing for them anyway. Those are not your people. Um, It's so funny because I actually care about the people in my life. Mm -hmm. Shade tree. And (laughs) you can literally tell me like, no, I need some sleep. And I'm okay with that. Or you can say, no, Tiffany, and now nobody has done this, but you can say, I don't want to do that. Right. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Some people just cannot accept that. And many people, I don't know very many people that can just take a no without needing an explanation, which is something I've been working on for a while. Like, just say no, even if you feel compelled to explain, resist. Just say no. Just say no and move on. Fact. Um, I think I've already given my good word, um, you know, just because a person doesn't mean any harm doesn't mean they don't cause harm. Um, 
you can apply that to so many different situations, whether it's an interaction you've had with somebody in the grocery store or an elder in your family or someone that you're in an intimate relationship with. And don't be afraid to call those people out either. Like, that's the thing. Um, I liked your example about where you used to work and the lady and you corrected her in that moment. And sometimes, like, that is important, as uncomfortable as it might be for some people. Correction changes things. Yeah. It either changes how they behave or how they behave with you. Uh-huh. And either one is change that I'm I'm willing to accept. So there's that. Um you know you guys can catch us on social media on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at the Culture Shock Podcast. Um you can find us on SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, um, and we're probably going to link up on a new platform soon. So giving you guys more options is exactly what we're here for. You can email us at blackcultureshockpodcast at gmail.com. Um, so there's always a way to get in touch with us. Anything else, B? No. Go vote. <laughs> Don't boo vote. <laughs> Don't boo vote. Crochet, then vote. Fact. Oh, All right, guys. I'm a girl named Tiffany. November is coming and we out.